Hello and welcome to episode 195 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and thanks for being here. Today, my guest is Thomas J. Stevens. He's an independent designer working under TJS Creates out of Birmingham in the UK, or, or near Birmingham at least. During this episode, we talk about how he was always drawing and creating when he was younger and actually started selling comic books that he created in class when he was younger. We talk about his excitement for film design work and representing that design and creative using different mediums. We talk about his self-initiated design work that gets him attention, gets him noticed. We also talk about the leap he took that led to the most challenging time in his design career and what he did to start testing himself and preparing himself for leaving that position and making that leap. Right near the end, we also talk about the full business rebrand, top to bottom rebrand that he was a part of and why he is so proud of it. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get right to it. My guest, Tom J. Stevens. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field. And we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, Tom. How are you today? Good to finally meet you and speak to you in person. Awesome. Get a lot accomplished today? A uh, busy day, to be honest. Yeah, it was a busy day. I've got multiple projects going on, deadlines kind of far away in four weeks, some nearer. So you're kind of looking ahead, prepping, doing the base work and the immediate work where some some clients are like, need something now. And it's kind of yeah. like, okay, let's go. So, so yeah, you, pretty busy day. You're kind of in the, like dangerous territory of like, ah, I got lots of time. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's deadly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Procrastination kicks in and then you overthink things. Yeah, but I'm, I'm trying to limit that. For anyone listening who's a client, I'm limiting that. I've got loads of strategy in place. Yeah, Tom's got it. Tom's got it sorted. <laughs> just, yeah, he's got it. Just rest, rest easy. That's it. Um, so before we get rolling, Tom, are you ready for a quickie? Always. Happy days. So let's get rocking. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Yeah, my name's Thomas J. Stevens. I'm an independent designer from the UK, 31 years of age. Uh, I went self-employed just under three years, so it's three years in March. Before that, prior to that, I was an in-house senior designer for an event company. So big events over the course of a weekend, multiple events in the year. And I graduated way back, well, not way back, but 2011. Mm -hmm. I graduated with a BA honors in graphic design. Perfect. That's pretty much where I am now, a bit of the past bit of a backstory, but not too much. Definitely. So right out of school, did you jump right into the event agency and that's where you were until you decided to go freelance? Uh, there was a job for a year and a half. Where I worked inside a, it's a publishing company mm-hmm. in kind of the tech side of their business. They were trying to look at innovating new products with inside of the print company. Got it. So I worked there for about a year and a half, very corporate, uh, did that for a year and a half and then dived into the events company. Yeah. Two years after that. So you did dabble a little bit in the print game. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Very cool. All right. Um, yeah. 
What was your childhood like, Tom? Do you feel that you had a creative childhood that pointed you in this career path? Yeah, it's looking backwards now, you can connect those dots to that cliche kind of uh, statement, you know, connecting forward, looking back. And now you can start to see those tales, tales, uh, telltale signs that, you yep. know, something you were doing back then. And uh, even from a young age, I know a lot of people are creative in, in some essence, drawing and getting sketch work. But mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of kind of confirmation from peers and my parents and in, in school where someone wasn't really looking to excel. They were kind of saying to me, that's something you're good at. This is something you should take on, sketch work. I was creating comics and even selling comics in class for like 10p a piece. Even back when I was pretty young, (laughs) teachers weren't happy about that. And uh, I kind of was always drawing, always creating things. So looking back now, absolutely, I had that creative flair to draw, you know, sketching environments. Like I'd sit in the back of an art class and I'd start sketching the whole room, all the people. And even my art teacher was pulling me across going, this is really good stuff, you know, Get, get involved with this. this is something you've got here so that kind of gave me that confidence as a person for the first time that hang on I've got something that people kind of are noticing me for and that I can possibly stand out from everybody else and do something different you know mm-hmm. so you all throughout you've been doing a little bit of drawing and creative even selling yeah. comics in class were your parents or aunts or uncles or some was somebody a designer or a creative that could point, sort of talk to you a bit more about it or was no. it instructors no, that really no actually no, no no one from my family was creative my dad was a little bit he'd grab a pen or pencil and do a bit of sketch work doodling but he was never kind of pushing me too much in terms of i sketch and doodle you should do this he was mm-hmm. just he would do it now and again maybe that was something i looked at i'm not sure uh but i was very keen on anything animated cartoons always sketching drawing people always looked at people and wanted to draw them in like exaggerated points of view, like caricatures and things like that. So, but my mom's quite a creative thinker. She's uh, very passionate about her poetry. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's also interested just in that deeper level of creative thinking. So I think that may have rubbed off on me slightly. Got it. So you're around it. You've always been, you know, reassured. You got something here. You're really good at this. What was the moment that the design, that design switch was flicked and you were like, yes, design is the way. And was it an instructor or somebody that really pointed you in that direction? To be honest, I was in a, I was in college and I'd obviously gone, taken the path to go and learn graphic design. And uh, at the start, it was more of a taste of course where you're learning a bit of illustration, life drawing, uh, all sorts of creative photography and for what I'm not sure what the reason was but although I had that kind of natural talent for drawing and sketching I felt that looking I was seeing kind of Apple Macs back then were kind of kicking in everyone was seeing them in the in the, uni, in the in the colleges sorry and I felt that was something interesting web design I was very keen on the tech side and thinking well this is you know Pixar films are out and maybe this is something that I can get more into the tomorrow's world of where creative can go and I was keen to try and learn that side of the trade and take maybe what my uh, natural illustrative uh, skills were into this new world that I not really knew much about it didn't know it was a career in design didn't know you could have you know build a real career out of it it was almost seen kind of like you know you're an arty farty person if you do art it's not really a career perfect so you started seeing all of this, you know, where the industry was going, where the animation and creative industry was going, and you were really keen to hop on board with that. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. So, Tom, then what stands out to you as the most influential design of your life so far? Something that you saw and has just stuck with you since? 
see, I don't want to sit on the fence. I kind of, is that something I've been involved with or, or things I've seen, more more things I've seen? Uh, it could be both, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm really influenced by everything I see. And on a practical point of view, I've always go to Pinterest or Behance to look at other artists mm-hmm. or the massive mood boards I'll create of different uh, different types of artwork. But I kind of seem to navigate from definitely from a freelance point of view, when I start to now look at myself as an individual creator, designer, I start to look at things that I'm naturally passionate about. So if I'm in, I've obviously been interested in running and fitness. I'm interested in films. I'm a massive Hans Zimmer fan of the music and just the kind of theatrical side of the, of the posters created in movies. So what I'll tend to do is look at, you know, the films I'm interested in, dive into that side and then start to say, well, hang on, who's created that poster? Who's created that, campaign for nike in the fitness side or the under armor and mm-hmm. say well that's something i aspire to be and that kind of motivates me deeper because i feel that i've got a natural uh invested passion or i'm engaged with that subject opposed to looking at say creative design as a whole and trying to learn this the craft of the design i'm looking at now what am i passionate enough about to try and test myself in that industry that i'm naturally kind of skilled at, at this point Mm-hmm. So you're really looking at the industry and pulling out the the, pas- the pieces that you're passionate about, that you're excited Absolutely. to learn more about and dive deeper into. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. Got it. So Tom, who are some of the designers and brands that you look up to and closely follow? And what about them do you like? Uh, for, for brands and agencies, for me at the moment, it's recently, I think Bond out of LA with their kind of working with the kind of high-end films, the posters for Christopher Nolan films, Avengers and things like that. For the last four years, I've tried to navigate my skill set. I've been looking at Photoshop heavily uh, four years previous to now. Just I decided to take that leap. This is something that seemed too technical for me, something that I could never do. I've always been heavily on the brand identity and love that from, from a design point of view, taking a business's look and feel from one look across the board of that, that business or brand and transforming it is a massive favorite of mine as a, as a designer. Mm-hmm. But uh, looking at that side of the world with uh, movie posters and high-end Photoshop work, I've really dived into that. So Bond as a company have really inspired what I do recently and looking at the type of work they do and trying to emulate it if I can. I'm not at that level yet, but it's something I aspire to be. And as I just previously said, looking at things I'm passionate about in Nike, Under Armour, and seeing how they market their brands. So you really seem to, the couple of trends here that I'm seeing and pulling out of this is a lot of movie and entertainment related design work, you know, Absolutely. is really exciting to you and sort of seeing where you could take that mm-hmm. film branding, for example, and convert that into posters, into all of these different mediums. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love just uh, transforming things, representing a one, a one piece image that of a, a Photoshop composite and creating a message in a still you know, it's so powerful in what you can do in one image done right it can create so much for people i've seen it in my own work that i post out even the passion projects i do mm-hmm. uh, I've, you know I, I represented the joker poster for myself as a, as a kind of a side project and i've done stuff for gary vaynerchuk just out of because i'm invested in what i'm hearing i think well let's see how i can represent represent that sorry and how i can test myself and and the you know the results and feedback have been great People have come back and said, wow, this is 
exactly on the money in terms of how I see the film or the way you represented it has inspired me. So it's just great. Mm-hmm. So this work for like the Joker film and for Gary Vee, is this work that you were contracted to do or is this work that you created on your own and shared it and it received just incredible feedback and, and growth from it? Yeah, this is a self-initiated project. It's all on my own back, just taking time out from my client work to look at industries and look at type of artwork that I, you know, I aspire to create and hopefully see what I'm capable of and hopefully create a, a bit of entertainment or educate anyone that will give me, a, you know, five minutes of their time through LinkedIn or Instagram to say, hey, I like that mm-hmm. or don't like it if that if that comes across, but. Hopefully it's positive and it has been and just see just see what I'm capable of and kind of not wait for the opportunities. And I kind of say this on my own Instagram. I say to people that follow me on my Instagram, any small following, but other, other, other starting creatives that are trying to create opportunities and create the artworks that you're, you know, you're trying to look in to one day be hired like, like a, a Bond client. You'd want to do that work one, one day. Why wait? Just try and see what you can do now. Oh, 100%. Yeah, why wait? Just create. That's it. That's Ooh, the one. That's a sweet tagline. <laughs> don't wait, create. Yeah, don't wait, create. I like that. Uh, you can you can have it, Tom. That's it. It's mine. It's totally mine. <laughs> Perfect. Um, Tom, I want to ask you a little bit about print and packaging design. How have you utilized print and packaging design in your career? Um, any stories around special projects or anything that you could share with us? Yeah, so I, I don't get to to see the end product very much, but I work on a lot of print, uh, flyers, brochures, uh, and previous obviously work in the events industry. There's you're up against it when you have large prints for huge banners hanging in big arenas, uh, roller banners. As you know yourself, you know you have to get these things right, the right colours, no pixelation, all the fonts correct, vectors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I don't get to see the end product as much now as I'm a remote worker but uh you know print has its place and there's still something fascinating about seeing that final product when I've had stuff be publicized in uh, like a magazine Mm -hmm. you know I'll pick it up in the supermarket or something there's my ad you know just holding that that magazine that tactile thing in your hand it's still great to see it's one of like the best examples of bringing your designs to life that's it absolutely love it all right, Tom, the next few questions I have for you take you down part of your career where you've likely made some mistakes, learned some lessons, and I want to pull those stories out and share those with the listeners. Um, and then we'll turn around, we'll end in a happy place here. Good stuff, let's do it. But um, So let's start here. What has been the most challenging period of time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Uh, I think for me at the moment, it was the the lead up taking the leap to go from working in house to going self-employed. I think, uh, you know, it's a lot of unknown for what's, what's ahead, trying to build your client base, the pressure of what's tomorrow. Will there be a client? Am I going to secure a client? And that can be a lot of weight on your shoulders when you're just starting out as a freelance designer. Mm-hmm. So how did you, how did you navigate that? Like you, you decide to make that leap. Did you, have clients booked up before you take that leap or, or how did that all go down? Uh, me personally, no, I literally took that one, one step leap. Just, I have no clients. I'm going to do this. So I, uh, decided to leave the job that I was happy in. Everything was going fine, but I just, it was just a burning itch inside me that I want to do something for myself. And I want to, I just really wanted to, uh, 
just create with more passion, push the boundaries in terms of what I was creating, meet new people, see if I had what I had, what it takes. Cause it's just somewhere in my mind, I just had this burning desire to go self-employed and be a, a freelance creative. And, uh, Actually, a quote I heard is that people aren't prepared to go backwards to go forwards, and that just sat with me. And it was almost like uh, I was almost having an internal dialogue with myself, saying, uh, "An argument with myself is to say, like, you know, are you capable of this?" And the other voice was saying, "Well, prove it. You know, you're either going to do it or you're not. You're either going to make it a success or you're not. So let's see who's who's going to do this." And then I was like, "Right, I'm going to prove myself wrong." And I just took the leap, and it was probably a it was probably a bad decision to just go and say, I've got nothing lined up, but it was a bold decision. And luckily for me, it paid off. For sure. So what, what then was the first freelance project that you landed after taking that leap? Yeah. So I uh, started to network on LinkedIn and I wasn't spamming DMing people. I was uh, putting out content, reconnecting with people that I used to work with. And that was kind of what my thinking was is kind of look at everybody I ever spoke with, anyone I work with in any job and just say, hey, I'm here, I'm available. And within the first week, I, well, within the first seven days, I hadn't secured anything. I had to actually sell my iMac because I was at basically like, if I don't sell this and make some money, I've got nothing. <laughs> so my first my first goal was to sell the iMac that I had in my, uh, in my room at that point, not being used, but it was kind of like a nice little trophy from university. I had this iMac. Yeah. And then uh, I... Uh, managed to secure my first freelance job and I was like well hang on I now need a laptop so I had to then uh, do a 360 turn and then go and borrow a laptop to start my freelance career so then uh, there I was sat in my kitchen table my first client secured it and for me that was just a big wow like from someone who's not from like a ever secured a sale or sold anything or done anything business side I was very much you know did my university worked in-house this was like a wow moment I'm going to get paid to sit at home Mm -hmm. and work on creative work with a client that I've always wanted to work with they've agreed to it let's go and it was like okay here i am i've arrived so it was a, in seven days it was the up and down roller coaster of the anxiety of the pressure of making this happen and then securing my first contract got it so that first contract was it a big paying gig that was going to set you up for a little bit and give you a bit of a safety net or was it like just like okay here's this i gotta also focus on what's next yeah, it, it was a bit a bit of both. It was a kind of offering of like a three-month contract, but then it was very much week to week, and there was no guarantee. It was just show up, log on, do the work in the day, and then move on. So it was definitely still had that, I've arrived, I need, you know, I need a website, I need to do this, I need to build myself, my online presence. So there was a lot of pressure. But I will say that actually prior to that, I was building, a, and this obviously wasn't massive effect on me in terms of, revenue or a business but i was starting to build a side project on instagram where i was pushing myself uh creating graphics related to the fitness industry so every day before that for about six months i was up early the hours in the morning and late at night testing my photoshop skills uh tagging athletes in mma boxing and just just seeing kind of interactions of people so prior to actually leaving there was about six months of me on instagram getting positive feedback saying wow this is good and this is all work i'd never experienced before and i was trying to test myself and just putting out into the world and saying what do you think guys and there was positive feedback a few small jobs you know back then it was like 60 pounds 30 quid here here, there and everywhere (laughs) on paypal and for me even then that was probably the biggest trophy you know just securing a first sale on on, uh, paypal it was like i've never i've never sold something before so Mm -hmm. it was like this was just mind-blowing for me so yeah, it, I definitely stepped into the freelance world with nothing, secured it in the first week, and I was sat in the kitchen with my laptop like, 
let's go with a borrowed laptop nonetheless yeah with a borrowed laptop yeah yeah on a on a on a not even didn't have a mouse mat i was just there i don't know why i had it so rough at the first start but it's amazing how i stuck with that laptop on the kitchen table for too long really i should have reinvested but i was just all it was just go 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 for me for the first two months Mm -hmm, definitely all right tom i want to get a little bit more specific now um, take us to a design or a project you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. What was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story? Uh, so I think there's not really been a project that's not gone, it's gone terribly well, but I think an error I made in my early days coming out of university in the first two jobs is thinking I need to know it all joining an in-house designer of two companies and it's almost kind of they look at you they give you a project a brief to do and you feel the pressure that you should know everything right now mm-hmm. and coming out of university you, you learn a lot and it's great and there's a lot of experience but you definitely don't have the pressure you do when you come into industry it's a lot more project long-term project work research work big portfolio big kind of projects to hand in at the end of the year and then all of a sudden you're dropped into a, a business everyone's looking at you marketing guy sales <laughs> whatever and they're like can you just solve this and make this the best thing ever because you're the designer and you and I think for me being so naive and young I was almost like yep yeah, yep yeah, to everything and I'd go away and I'd, I probably didn't even know the correct platforms to use for each thing you know what, what should I be making a website in should that be illustrator and like you know that's for vector no and there I am probably designing a website in illustrator mocking it up or building icons in Photoshop and then being pixelated. So I think at the start, being naive and young, back when I first graduated, uh, I should have reached out. I should have spoke to someone at a senior position or reached out to other creatives and you know looked around or looked to anybody I could speak to and say, hang on, I'm being asked this. Or even just tell people in the company that could have some more breathing room to, you know, I'm, I'm an excited young graduate. I'm keen to work. Can I have more time to work this out? I don't know yet. I just think I said yes to too many things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which can easily and very quickly get you in trouble. That's it. That's it. You become a yes man, and then and then the desired outcome isn't what they want. And to be honest, it's probably from not asking enough of the right questions. And that's something I do now. Even working with clients now, obviously, it's a lot of few years ahead now. And I think asking the right questions and asking more questions is is the best thing to do. Even if sometimes it becomes quite painful for the client. You know, you say to them that my aim is to understand what you want, and if that is a bit lengthy and it takes a bit more time than desired then i apologize but my goal is to make sure we're aligned and that i'm the right fit for you i don't want you to waste money with me if i'm not gonna Mm -hmm. understand fully what you want no totally because that can get you into an even worse situation absolutely absolutely but i think a lot of people do just put the head down and feel they need to know now and don't want to have any friction where sometimes it it, will it's long term it's just not the way to move forward you don't need to have friction you just need to be prepared and have the right questions and know what to ask and it, it takes it takes doing your homework researching having people to look up to in the industry and I've, i follow a lot of people the mentors online that you know they're, they're online mentors i don't know me but i watch a lot of entrepreneurs or people in the creative field now and the things they say and that it just realigns your thinking and you can go wow i never thought to approach this like this so mm-hmm. definitely so then what do you think is the balance between the term you know staying in your wheelhouse and challenging yourself on projects to grow like where's the balance in that 
So, so are you talking about how to keep uh, moving yourself forward as a creative? I guess, yeah. Like if a client comes to you and, you yeah. know, after reviewing the brief, reviewing the company and project or whatever it is, you know, and you come to the conclusion that, you know, I can do most of this, but this portion of it, ooh, it's a, it's going to be a bit of a stretch for my skill set. Like where, what's the balance between taking that on as, you know, partly as a challenge to you to grow mm. your skills, to, yeah. to really try it versus, you know, telling the customer, sorry, this isn't quite in my wheelhouse. This is a good, that's, a, that's an amazing question. That's really good. Uh, I th it's tough. I don't think it's black and white. I think you've got to literally, you have to make that call. And I think that's, that's a good point what you made there. There's been times where I've said no, because actually, it's going to cause more trouble than it's worth trying to be a yes man and trying, you know, everybody's mm -hmm. looking to be financially secure or earn more money. But, you know, that's, that's, that's a great thing. But saying yes to things that you're not capable of sometimes will get you, will get you unstuck. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of admiration sometimes with somebody that jumps and grows the wings on the way down. I get that as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, that's I, the thing. but, but I think oh, it's so difficult. It's a great question. I, I, for me personally, I'll always think I've got this, if, if it comes to a point, I've got this about 60%. I think I could do this. And, you know, I would never go all in and think, I know nothing about this and I'm going to try and work this one out. Mm -hmm. Or if there's room to to take the time to research, not go back to the client straight away and see if you, if this, obviously we're creatives, we, we've got the creative outlook, the creative eyes, as you call it. So maybe there's something here I can learn within a good 48 hours. Maybe it's something I can review. Maybe you can go to the client and say, I don't know this but maybe I can figure it out. Maybe I can look at this. Maybe there's an outsourcing point of view. I think it's such a, it could be so difficult to determine what the right outcome is. I think you have to feel this for yourself, but I would definitely, if you that gut feeling says to you, I know nothing here and I'm just doing this for the money. I think that's the bad approach. Always stick to what you, what you know well. And if you're at 60% and you think I can, I can figure this out in good time, and possibly let the client know, then go for it. Yeah, because I guess there, there's projects where you have the time to sort of make up that 30 or 40% that you're, you know, you're not an expert sure. at. But if it comes down to sort of a time-sensitive project where there's that 30% that you're just not quite sure about, you know, you got to look yeah. at it. Is it worth the risk of this blowing up yeah, in my absolutely. face? Absolutely. And the client's, the client's priority, you know, there's no, do you want to deliver work that isn't of a, of a good standard to your mm -hmm. best ability? And I wouldn't want to do that. You know, it's always subjective whether it's going to be signed off and if it's the right thing for the client at the end, sure. but going, going to sleep at night and knowing that this was what I was capable of. This is why the client came to me and this is everything I know. I, I don't want to, I don't want to dive into a world where I'm stepping to territory that I didn't know right. And I know that I've tried to make it by and, and make a hack job of it. I want to make sure it's the right, the right time to do this. So mm -hmm. it's about, yeah, feeling it out and knowing what's right. Got it. All right, Tom, what is something you're struggling with in your design career right now? Right now? Uh, I think working remotely on my own, I think the struggle not from a project to project base, more from a, a structure of my day. I think I'm better at it now, better at running my day and managing the conversations, emails, the invoices, the marketing, the work you're doing. But you do have these days where you get burnt out and you haven't taken the appropriate breaks, pulled yourself away to get a new perspective. Mm -hmm. And and 
it, it just does ca- catch up with you. The, you know, the, the 24-7 hustle grind is great, and the passion, the drive, commend anyone that does that. But everyone will see that point where you do the 6 a.m. till 12 at night, that it, you'll, you'll be on fire for five days, and then you'll wonder why at the weekend that you're completely flat. <laughs> and uh, you can't even you can't even bring yourself to have a conversation. So I just think that once you get that balance right, it's just so optimal. But it's difficult. It's really difficult when you're passionate about what you do and you're into your work. And that's not a you know a violin moment. I feel sorry for me because I'm doing what I love. But it's true. Sometimes when you're really keen about your business and what you do, you just you do go into it and neglect other things and your health, your mental state. I try and get out and go for walks. Even when I don't want to walk away, I'm trying to force myself on an hour walk just to reframe and refresh that perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think I think I just I think it's key. And you, you'll only sometimes you'll only learn it the hard way. You know, much like when I was working from a kitchen table, I learned that posture and sitting on it hunched over a computer will destroy your back. And your parents <laughs> your parents say to you like, sit up straight. Trust me, sit up straight. Get the right <laughs> desk because it will haunt you later, and it's still hurting now. Absolutely. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that's so true. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Tom, I'm going to turn this bus around. Tell us now about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of, one that just makes your heart sing. Uh, for me, it would have to be a, a full business rebranded last year mm-hmm. for a recruitment business. Uh, and just to see where they are, understand their problems, they, they'd, what I believe, gone to an agency to work with uh, to have their business rebranded. They weren't happy with the end result and they reached out to me via LinkedIn and had the opportunity to completely transform the brand, refresh it, look at their brand identity, marketing collateral, the works, uh, social media content. And that that end result, when you look at that body of work, is just next level pride. It's like, wow, to see you know your, your logo that you created, your brand identity is running through the whole entire business physically. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, had the feedback from the client that not only externally, that, that the internal team feel more pride to that business because when they're sending that emails or they're coming to work every day, it's a brand that now looks more professional, is in line with what they're trying to represent. And that feeling is just super rewarding. Totally. What a great one, to, especially to be able to touch all points of that. Yeah, Absolutely. Very nice. I like that one. Um, Tom, you've reached the point of the show for the Ask It Forward question. That is where I have a question for you from my last guest, and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. So my last guest was Anushka Kandwala out of London, UK. She's a designer and a writer and an educator as well. And she wanted to ask you, was there ever a project you were a part of that caused imposter syndrome or brought on imposter syndrome to you? Ah, oh, it's tough. Uh, imposter syndrome. So something I've been a part of that I didn't feel that say I was worthy of. Is that kind of the, yeah, but was there a project yeah. that you were a part of where you sort of got it to, or took it on and then you started having some self doubt or started going, yeah, like, I am not the guy for this. What am oh, I doing? God. So many of those, I suppose, <laughs> at the start, you know, even now, maybe a little bit, you kind of think, wow, am I ready for this? Uh, I think it's a little bit of that always, there's always a little bit of that. Every project you're trying to, dive into that business and you're so fearful of being the right guy for the job and mm-hmm. 
it just gets better with time, I think. Hopefully, I'm praying anyway that throughout the years you'll get more confident and that will disappear. But I think everybody, nobody feels ready, do they? You always feel like uh, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. And if someone praises you for the work you've done, you still feel like you've somehow convinced everybody and everybody just believes it. And you're like, hang on, <laughs> uh, I shouldn't be doing this. But yeah, it's with every project, I suppose. Uh, and especially in the early days, when you first land that first job and as I said, that first contract, you feel like, wow, I've actually been accepted. So, mm-hmm. but then you, you, you learn on the job and you grow as you, as you go with the work. Mm-hmm. So with that first job that you landed, you know, there was obviously joy and excitement because you landed that first job. Yeah. Was there also fear like, Oh my God, will I be able to deliver this? Oh, absolutely. Masses of fear, masses of fear. I didn't even leave my laptop. I don't think I just sat there and just, you know, completely this is this is where i'm going to be now and i was immersed by it and fearful of i wasn't in the point where i was taking breaks then or structuring my day i was like mm-hmm. i'm a fraud i'm a fraud behind this laptop <laughs> and i'm gonna make and i'm gonna make it work but yeah yeah it, it went well and the, the work was great and uh touch wood you know things things have kept continuing to go forward so yeah so each project that goes well sort of reassures you a little bit more that you're in the right place that's it and you just gotta it, sort of keep keep going forward. Absolutely, got it. Tom, what is the question you'd like me to ask the next guest for you? Uh, I think the question I'd ask is, what is one thing you want to achieve this year that you will regret if you don't achieve it? Mm, I, I like think that. Yeah, I think for me that's always a driving force for me. Actually, I always say to myself, I want to do this. I want to try this. I want, and if I don't do it, I'm gonna have to deal with that regret and that regret is the worst so a lot of what i do is trying to push myself out of my comfort zone even doing this podcast is completely out of my comfort zone this is the first podcast i've ever done so uh there we go yeah off the list that's it it's done so uh yeah that's what i'd ask what is the one thing you want to do this year that if you don't do you'll regret so maybe that will push that person forward and we can check in maybe if they've done it (laughs) i love it yeah definitely we'll make a note to follow up with them that's it hey december 1st how are we looking on that goal That's it. That's it. Definitely. (laughs) Perfect. Tom, you have reached the end of the quickie podcast, man. Thank you so much for being my guest today. I really appreciate your time. No, thank you for having me. It's been great to be on it and uh, I'll continue to listen to the podcast. It's been great and appreciate it. All right. That is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening and spending some time here with the quickie podcast. Really appreciate it. If you like what you're hearing, please head over to Apple podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to these things and leave a rating and a review. It really helps us out. Much appreciated. See you later.